0: Welcome to another episode of the Voices from the Northeast podcast. We are finally getting out of the studio and into some fresh air this week. So, grab your boots, you're probably going to want a raincoat, fill up a thermos flask with some soup, and let's head down to the allotment. Welcome back we are taking a walk down the garden path to the allotment just gonna appreciate the smell of all the fantastic flowers that are out at the moment and they're extra you know sensory at the moment the smell from them because we've had quite a bit of rain recently although thankfully we're recording this on a sunny day I'm gonna enjoy listening to the birds in the sky as well they're amazing and there's definitely something rustling in the bushes to my left as I go past here. Our first stop on today's episode is going to be my dad's greenhouse. Now my parents have always, always been keen gardeners. From their beautiful home garden with its, its flower beds and hedgerows that they keep immaculate. Um, to growing veg on their own allotment. So I guess this episode's probably going to feel like a cross between our usual memory-filled episodes and uh, Radio 4's Gardener's Question Time, (laughs) so bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. Firstly, though, before we get to the greenhouse, I'm going to take a detour to the potting shed to ask my mum to sort of set the scene uh, from a local history of allotments point of view. So um, one of the questions I had, ma'am, was how did allotmenting get started, particularly around here? Why was it so popular? What was it one of its kind of benefits for people?
1: Well, I can go back to, like, my grandparents had them always, you know, so that would have been, what, from 1920s. And basically, I think they were a green lung after you'd worked for, I don't know, 12, 15 hours down a mine, at a weekend or whenever your shift's allowed, to be able to come out and go to somewhere and dig in the earth and work and breathe in fresh, clean air, or even if it was full of smoke on top, I suppose, was wonderful. And being able to provide food for your your family was probably one of the main reasons that people started doing it. The thought of having fresh vegetables and fruit and... Everything straight out of the garden and then into a pan and then into a dinner. It supplemented the meat and all the other sort of the dumplings and Yorkshire puddings and everything that went along with dinners.
0: A green lung. What a lovely phrase that absolutely captures that idea perfectly, doesn't it? Absolutely brilliant. I mean... Well, I mean, I think those early allotments, you know, the people on them, you know, it was a social space, wasn't it? As much as a healthy retreat from work down the mines. From, uh, you know, growing for home, to growing for a show, to racing pigeons and keeping chickens. I guess the allotments are their own community of people. I mean, I can fondly remember feeling like the allotment was very much my grandad's world whenever I went there with him, and I was in awe of that. He knew everybody on the allotment, everybody. Um, And he couldn't pass a gate without saying hello or stopping to talk and swapping veg or loaning some tools to somebody or having a bit of a joke with them over something he could grow that they couldn't or they could grow that he never could get to grow. I mean... I think that aspect of it was just a huge part of its appeal, and, and still is, you know. It is a friendly community of like-minded gardeners, isn't it, you know. Um, yeah. Okay, then. Into my dad's greenhouse we go for the first part of our allotment in chat with him. Well, welcome, everybody, to our first like real experiment of getting out of the studio we're down the garden inside the greenhouse. I currently have the most interesting setup for the podcast equipment. We've got the iPad here, the mixing deck, and the microphone, all surrounded by tomato plants on my desk, and then through the door, and in the other greenhouse, we've got Dad. And what plants
2: are you surrounded by? Well, I'm sitting here, which is unusual for me in the greenhouse. I'm normally standing, pricking things out or putting plants in or whatever. But what I'm sitting here looking at are some nasturtiums that are growing and also some geraniums that we potted on a little while ago. We pricked out and potted on a little while ago.
0: Wonderful. I will ask you more about them later, I promise. Um, But to kick us off, the first thing I wanted to know was what got you into, I guess, gardening allotmenting,
2: really? Well, it goes back a long way. I mean, when I was a child, uh, and as you know, I lived at North Seaton Colliery, my mum my and dad, my grandma and granddad, we all lived in the same house in Chapel Row. And the gardens there were were enormous. I mean, we had lawns, we had flower beds, we had vegetable sections. And my dad had a greenhouse there, which he heated by using coal on a, a fire, a back burner fire, which heated... Pipes that went round the greenhouse, so I'd, I'd always been used to seeing people um, growing things, and my dad was was a keen leek grower, so I used to get my brother and I, uh, brother Harry and I involved, in, and probably my sister Elizabeth when she was a bit younger, in helping to clean clean the um, the leeks when it was leek show time around about the September. So I'd always known uh, that there was like the best thing was to grow your own vegetables. Um, so when, when your mum and I got married, uh, one of the first things we, I did was there was a lawn in the, the garden, in the bungalow that we, we first moved into. And the first thing I did was take some of the lawn up. And, and your mum said, what are you taking lawn up for? It's nice. I said, yeah, yeah, but wait and see. So I said, I'm going to grow some potatoes because potatoes will grow anywhere. So right from getting married, you know, within the first few months, I was starting to grow some potatoes on a small patch. Uh, in our garden, and then your your mum's dad, your granddad Don, always had allotments uh, ever since I knew him. And um, what we thought was, as you and your brother came along uh, in the mid eighties, we decided it was the right time to invest in an allotment. We wanted something bigger, and we wanted to get you both involved in growing vegetables, and we wanted to know where. A lot of our food was coming from so that also coincided with you know Mom and i deciding that we wanted to grow organically and by that i mean we wanted to basically eventually cut out the use of all chemicals and pesticides and all the common things that gardeners used to use for years and uh, the likes of grow more um the the likes of jays fluid that used to get sprayed on on soil and on beds and such like to try and sterilise the soil. We, we wanted to get away from all of that. So when you decided you wanted to live the good life, um, whereabouts was your allotment? Well, our, our allotments were at the bottom end of Alexandra Road behind Hearst High School. Um, there's quite a big allotment site down there. And we were fortunate enough to get a, an allotment. Your granddaughter found us an allotment that was standing... Vacant somebody had had that but unfortunately the gentleman was wasn't well enough to keep it in good shape and after about nine months of lying fallow They asked if we could have it so The allotment we had was right at the corner of the allotment site and the school field was behind it So the first thing we really wanted to do was to try and make it a little bit more secure because students used to use it as a shortcut to get out of school early, climb over the fence at the back, and go through the allotments to get out home onto Alexandra Road or into Washington. So one of the first things we did was uh, use that, that very well-known method of recycling. To be fair, people who have allotments or gardens going back for a long, long time were probably the first recyclers, even before recycling became in vogue of the thing to do. So people who had allotments would, would find what they could use. In our case, we, we we managed to find about 20 doors, old doors that were being thrown out in skips around Ashington. And we fastened those doors um, up against the existing fence to create a bit of a barrier and also stop the the northeast winds blowing straight onto the garden. So that was our... Our first approach. Well, you touched on um, recycling there, and I know we've talked about
0: that loads. So, when it comes to recycling, what are some of the um, most interesting, most inventive, wildest uh, bits of examples of recycling? Because it is a big deal, and loads of the um, wonderful listeners that um, commented on Facebook uh, on the and Remembered site the other day were, we're talking straight away about um, recycled polytunnels and recycled greenhouses and all sorts of things that
2: people had donated. Yeah. Uh, so what are some of the standout memories of recycling? Well, I guess at the allotments, they were, to be to be honest, a lot of the people at the allotments are, are very uh, innovative uh, and they're always very good in terms of making things with with their hands. So they're always very hands-on. And probably the best examples of those would be a lot of the... Uh, greenhouses you used to see on that allotment site and, and the one at say at the top end of Ashton as well, a lot of those are made out of recycled or reused old window frames and door frames that people were taking out in fact, at one time, some of the the um glazing companies used to quite quite openly take window frames out that were being replaced and had a a bit of a deal with the allotment sites to say we'll leave them next to the allotment sheds or the main um, hut if people want to just take them and use them. So your granddad Don's greenhouse or greenhouses if you remember was all shapes and sizes of wooden window frames that were kind of knocked together and fastened together with with, uh, wood frames and... um, And then glazed where there was broken frames. So this was not made from any grand design. It was kind of made up as they go along. Uh, He may have had a sort of broad plan in mind, but a lot of the guys who built their own would just see what they could get their hands on and basically make a greenhouse to fit what they had. They might get a hold of roofing spars and create their own roof, but then they would use window frames on top or recycled glass that people were getting rid of and they would just get it cut to size by some of the allotments. I mean I, I always remember there were there were guys down at the allotments who were real characters you know the they were known as one was known as the glazier because he was excellent at cutting glass with a, a diamond cutter the other one was the plumber I guess he had been a plumber in his previous life before he retired but if anybody ever needed pipes fastened up or a back burner fastened on uh fastened in the greenhouse to be able to heat the greenhouse, he was your man for helping make sure all the pipes got put together correctly. Um, I was thinking about that black
0: back burners. Um we talked about grandads um and how he had heating in his greenhouse. That was a example of recycling. So could you want to explain what that kind of was? Yeah
2: well in a lot of the colliery houses you would have a coal fire which had a what they call a back boiler at the at the back so you'd heat the coal and then there was a, a a tank further just behind it which would heat heat the water would get heated from the coal and then it would recycle round your um your radiators so whenever anybody was replacing one in a in a colry house they would be put outside probably for the scrap man to pick up or put into a skip and a lot of the guys at the allotments this was fantastic for them because they could usually take these back boilers that still had life left in them take them down to their, their greenhouses, fit them into a greenhouse and fasten up some pipes around their greenhouse or, in your Grandad Don's case, he had several old radiators that he'd picked up out of skips and he would fasten together. And so the guy who was the known plumber would help make sure all these were fitted together correctly.
0: Well, I remember the, those hanging precariously at various angles all around the place. Yeah. But
2: they worked. They worked wonders. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So as long as they could get their hands on coal or sea coal or or, or um, wood, they could usually use these again, and they would last for a while. In fact, I think over over the time I remember, remember, I happened to I helped your granddad replace probably his bag boiler in his greenhouse three times, if I remember rightly. And um, speaking of getting things like that,
0: you know, granddad was um, noticeable throughout Ashington <laughs> in his orange overalls, um, whistling as he went down the alleyways, um, pushing his own homemade wheelbarrow because he needed one that had to be homemade so it could
2: be bigger and deeper for getting things out of what? Well, for getting things out out of, out of skips, uh, sometimes it was paving stones, sometimes it was pebbles, sometimes it was just bags of compost that they'd pick up at the uh, allotment hut that they needed taken down to their allotments. I mean, he was basically
0: a womble, wasn't he? You know? Yeah, well, yeah, so
2: like I said before, <laughs> most of the people who, well, men and women who have allotments or had allotments that I remember... We're great at recycling. So, uh, for instance, four-inch drainage pipes used to get cut up to, and I've still got some in my garden now that I brought from my allotment when I had it, used to get cut up into about six-inch to eight-inch lengths, and they would fit round your um, your cabbage and sprout plants to help protect them against um, cabbage root fly when the plants are first starting to establish. So that they're great at they acting as a, as a nice support and surround to those plants. But, you know, again, people would pick those bits of pipe up out of um, skips, take them away, give them a, give a bit of a clean, wash them out with a hose, cut them into sections and, and you know, absolutely use them again, no problem. Um, copper piping used to get used to uh, create um, hoops sometimes to put plastic over the top to create your own mini polytunnel if you, if you didn't want to put a, a polytunnel up. But... You know, they're, they're just some of the examples. of oh, oh, plastic butts, uh, water butts. <laughs> I should say water butts there. Um, you know, I used to work at Surlip, at Morpeth a pharmaceutical company, and we used to get quite a few liquid chemicals in big 45-gallon drums that were generally a blue drum. And if you go around the allotments in Morpeth or Ashington or Pegswood, you'll see an awful lot of those blue drums. But that was, again, instead of sending the landfill they were quite happily washed out of the factory and you'd put your name on a list and you could get a a, a water butt or two to take down to your allotments to your gardens and if you look around in in the the surrounding area there are an awful lot of those blue drums so you know that's better than landfill and they've been well used so the company itself helped people in that respect you didn't have to you didn't pay for them they were given to you free you just had to put your name on a list and you would get one and those things are
0: exactly the same I mean I'm looking at the back of your greenhouse now at the two water butts that are actual water butts from a garden
2: center yeah
0: but they're exactly the same when you suddenly look at it and think actually yes it's exactly the same size shape, everything so it would have worked perfectly
2: well because most of those blue drums also had a, a, a port on there that was for to fit a proper tap so that you could drain liquid liquid ingredients out so a water bud tap used to fit very, very easily and, and perfectly into it. Um, so you'll see some great examples of that. Um, the, the, the other thing that uh, there were some great characters at the allotments. There always are. Every allotment site you'll go to, there are some great characters. It, it's a little community in its own right. But if you remember, you know, right next to where we had our allotment, we had uh, Alan, Joe, Dinty. Didn't he? he used to keep the uh, the geese and and such like that, and the hens. Um, Alan, he, yeah, Alan and Joe, they used to, they were amazed when we started our allotment because we wanted to be organic. And in the winter, we'd put um, what we call winter crops on, their green crops on, for to just protect the land over the winter. And those guys would would come along and say, "What are you putting crops on for the winter, other than cabbage and collies and things like that? Nothing else is going to grow." But I have to be honest with you, after a couple of years of watching us use it to protect the ground over winter instead of just putting plastic sheets over, stops leaching all the ingredients, uh, the, 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 in, the, the good ingredients out of your soil, the elements out, they started to use some of the green crops, so they asked me to buy some for them to, to use as well. But I always, Alan had a great phrase, when we first had the allotment we didn't have a shed, so I used to carry everything down on a Saturday morning when we'd go down, so there was me or me and your ma'am and, and you and Graham. And uh, Alan would be standing there and his favourite phrase when he saw the the fork, the spade or the semi automatic spade that we have, he would say, Oh we're gonna give it big licks today soon, eh? And that, that was that was his phrase and uh yeah he always used to say that when he saw her coming down.
0: I told you my parents were passionate about their gardening, didn't I? On a personal note, I maybe didn't appreciate the full value of, well, the time and energy my parents invested into their allotment when I was younger. But I certainly do now that I'm older. (laughs) I wanted to pick up on actually what my dad said about recycling, the whole recycling angle that my dad talks about. And I don't want to sound too preachy, but you know we need as a society to do so much more of this. Our world's resources are far less plentiful than I think we realise or want to realise, you know. It's that inconvenient truth, you know, to recognise that we really need uh, to recycle and protect the planet and just be kinder to it. Um, I can still remember me grandad's greenhouse, like completely see it in my mind's eye and all the window frames that made it up. It was an absolute marvel of recycled building it really was it it was phenomenal um yeah it really was i can just see it in my head sat in there on a rainy day eating a sandwich with them i would have that time i would have that time back in a heartbeat to appreciate it more fully if i could all right then uh we're going to go um from the greenhouse to the potting shed for now Have a chat with dad again. Just to keep things interesting, we'll change the setting. (laughs) Enjoy. Here we are now having moved into the potting shed from the greenhouse. I just thought we'd move uh, the scene a little bit so you get a little bit extra um, ambiance as they say. I think you can probably hear the birds tweeting. You can probably hear the little water feature in the background here. And uh, we've just got Dad nice and comfortable in a chair. So we're going to hear some more stories from down on the allotment. Where would you like to start, Dad?
2: Well, that, that was a really good lead-in, actually, talking about a water feature. Because, um, because we tried to garden organically, uh, one of the interesting things about that is In nature you've got all sorts of predators and having a nice water uh, pond in the garden is a fantastic haven here for as you know for frogs and newts and all other kind of insects and and wildlife that gather around the pond but frogs are fantastic in your garden for helping keeping uh, slugs and snails down believe it or not Mm -hmm. and interestingly enough over the years with my greenhouse I've got a big um, soil bed in the greenhouse and uh, over the years <laughs> I've actually had frogs and toads little go in there in the winter and just stay in the soil to keep themselves nice and warm because the greenhouse is nice and warm it does mean that when you come to the spring when you're going to have to change the compost ready for the next year, you've got to be really careful clearing out the soil
0: um, has glyphed the life out of us more than once seeing the soil move in a really weird <laughs> and then like some kind of creature out of the labyrinth you start to see <laughs> the shapes of a toad appear in the amongst Absolutely.
2: the soil I mean he's, he's been living in there for several years uh, and seems to like it in there so he keeps you know pests down in the greenhouse so that's that's really good and it avoids things like having to use slug pellets um, well
0: yeah like you said being organic slug pellets would definitely we, we go don't against use that slug pellets. Um, because slug pellets are dangerous for things like hedgehogs, aren't they? You know, they are.
2: It's not good for, for a lot of wildlife. Uh, I did have an incident a number of years ago with a a, a gentleman who had an allotment beside us. Who uh, I went up, We'd been converting the soil to organic, and it takes six, seven years easily to convert to organic. And we were about five years into this whole thing. And I went up one Saturday morning, and I saw all these blue pellets about a foot into my garden from the next next door's allotment and it was all over the gentleman's allotment so when he came down at 9 o'clock in the morning I was absolutely livid and, and my conversation was was about why are you putting um, slug pellets in my allotment and his answer was well I've got slugs in my garden and they're clearly coming from your allotment because I put slug pellets down in mine
0: <laughs>
2: I was mildly amused but at the same time absolutely massively annoyed because i just basically, for that portion of the garden, he'd ruined five years of work for us, mm. unfortunately, but never mind. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was, you know, allotments, there's no point in spending, if you if you don't have to spend a lot of money, allotment growers will do everything. I said they were massive recyclers, but one of the things that uh, we used to do, if you remember, when you were kids was, um, I used to go to one um council, as it were then, when they do all the chipping of the woods and the branches and things like that, you used to have a massive pile of wood chips across at Bumasun, that that wood Bumasun. And they used to let you come and take bagfuls, or in my case, trailer loads away, to spread on the, the paths of the, of the allotment. So the idea was it was a nice soft path in between the beds. Oh, and that's another thing, beds. You know I'm, mm. I'm a fan of raised beds because it makes oh, life guess. a lot easier for working. Well, if you remember the very first beds we had at the allotment zone, it was um, old railway sleepers.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, but, but not, not railway sleepers that people buy now from the shops that are light, thin. Uh, these things.
2: were recycled railway sleepers. And I went up past Longest with a, mem- a person from the, uh, the railways who they had loads of these up country and they were stacked. And they were quite happy to let them be reused. So I went up with this gentleman and he said, How many would you like? Twenty, fine. We'll have those delivered to your allotment, and all I had to do was pay for a bit of delivery to the allotment. And um, but these sleepers were so heavy. Uh, if you remember, okay. your granddad couldn't carry them, so I was having to drag them. I know it was like that scene at the end of uh, the Passion. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I had them tucked under an arm, trying to drag it along. But uh, so my first, um, but they didn't move. Once you got them in mm. place, they didn't move. That's for sure. So you know that that that's something about the allotments I, I think, you know, having allotments or a vegetable growing area is is great for the family and, and we wanted, like your mam and I wanted you, your brother Graham involved, all the way through this. So if you remember when you used to come up, you didn't always like try digging things, but you helped tidy things up, you helped put stuff in the compost, you helped plant things.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do a quick catch up with Graham just to ask him if he can remember the one thing that he used to really enjoy doing at the allotment.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I'll, so I'll not spoil that for anybody. I'll leave that one. But he used to play with toys in the soil. He used to put water, and make mud piles. But the whole idea of it was, you were there at the allotment with us. And can you remember the um, the uh, cheese patty and chip oh, lunches on yes. a Saturday?
0: I can remember that. I can, it's funny. I, yeah, and I, I didn't really think if, if anyone had asked me about the allotments, I don't know if that would have come to mind uh, until you've mentioned it. And now I can totally remember sitting on top of soily piles with the bag of chips open and the paper and, and sitting and eating them and I swear to God the smelt different, the taste different it was a, a totally different experience Yeah, yes I can picnic, remember that yeah, yeah I can remember I mean, that
2: we just used to send you along to the outside, tap along the allotments to wash your hands before you had to eat them <laughs> not that it got all the soil off but it never did anybody any harm so the idea was it was to get every, everybody, the whole family involved and, and, I, and I kind of think that's a key thing about it um, one of the Things that uh, we, I mentioned very early on is, your mum and I wanted to grow organically. So, you know, there's lots of things that we've done, and allotment growers can do this as well. Is we built our own compost bins, so wooden compost bins. Some people just build them out of old pallets, stack them together in, in like almost like a, a square. You know, we I I invested in doing that myself, 17, 18 year ago. Uh, in my own garden now, and built four compost bins, one meter square. In fact, just in the last few weeks, I've replaced them, so they've lasted 17 years before they've completely rotted through. So I don't think that's a bad investment for sort of 17 years. But creating your own compost is uh, is important.
0: So it. what's the purpose of the compost then? What so you it can on? use
2: all your old scraps of waste that you take out of your. Your allotment uh, and some, sometimes even weeds that you can just put in something you get enough heat in your compost things rot down to generate their own heat they'll break down the seeds they'll break down the weeds and then everything turns back into something that's rich in nitrogen to refeed the soil again in subsequent years so you know that goes along with getting lots of horse muck and uh, cows muck and whatever to put it into your ground that's that's the sort of thing um, Comfrey plants are another thing. Comfrey, is a, you see them in the hedgerows, you see them along the riverbeds. And comfrey is a fantastic source of uh, food for uh, organic gardening. And uh, not only have I got comfrey plants in the garden that I harvest three and four times a year because they grow so quick. My yeah, mum and I found a source of this next to Sheepwash Bridge. So we used to go down early on a Saturday morning sometimes with plastic bean bags and cut the comfrey, put them in the bags and people would wonder what we're cutting up till we told them what they were, and then we'd bring them back, cut them up, put them on the garden, put them in the compost bin, or e- even make a liquid feed, which is what I do as well. So it's ways of keeping your costs down, and that's all all about allotments. Get as much out of your allotment for as little money outlay as you possibly can.
0: There you go. Now don't stampede uh, allotmenters listening. Don't stampede down to Sheepwash to get your comfrey, you know, create an orderly queue, two meters apart etc etc uh, but if you ever did see two weirdos cutting plants just at the edge of the uh, the, the river there you at least now know what they might have been doing yeah.
2: well we haven't done that now for a few years but i'll tell you an even better story which is i guess it's to do with um trying to be organic in the autumn when you get all the leaves on the ground we used to go down into bottle village which is, you know, tons and tons mm-hmm. of trees right next to Bottle Village.
0: Well, it's in a lovely dip, so all the leaves collect in that All so the leaves used to collect
2: on the road. So uh, uh, quite regular in the autumn would go along two, three, four weeks in a row on a Sunday or a Saturday in the afternoon. And we would sweep up leaves along the gutters, put them in bags to bring back so you can create your own leaf mold, which again is a great. So we'd been doing this for a couple of weeks. And then there was a, a, a lady came along from one of the houses in, in Bottle and uh, she came along, she said, E, she says, I didn't realise that we would get council support at a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> she thought we worked for the council we were sweeping up the streets on a weekend for her. Until we explained, no, we don't work for the council, this is for ourselves, it's for getting leaves for... And she was, like, highly amused, but... Very embarrassed thinking we were working <laughs> for the council. But well, there you go. You didn't have a high vis jacket on, did you? I didn't have a oh, high vis jacket gosh, on, so, so maybe good. that was should have been realised and yeah. that was the giveaway. Yeah. Oh gosh. But anyway, that's that's just a few little stories I could tell you about, you know, the benefits of growing in your own allotment or in your own vegetable area in your garden.
0: Well, I mean, not to belittle anything of what my dad said there, and actually, it was all wonderful and fascinating, and I'm, I'm really hoping that we actually, you know, this bridge we have between Gardner's Question Time and our usual episodes is entertaining for you out there, um, but wasn't it amazing how the, the microphone's picking up all those birds? I mean, absolutely beautiful listening to that back. Beautiful. Well, we're going to have a chat with my mum next, so... um My mum's got a lovely story about um, a unique approach to security down on the allotments, but I'll let her explain.
1: I know my granddad had a, a big allotment many years ago. He actually had a goat as well goat um he had a goat which I'd forgotten about because he offered you goat's milk when you were little mm. um, he he kept a goat and he also i think I've mentioned it before he had he did have a pig at one time, which was quite common, very common um for allotment holders to have, but he grew lots of veg, but to keep people away from the allotment, who might sort of He's like these show leeks and things like that because it was very competitive. You know there was the, the allotment shows in the October time, the leak shows and things like that. Well, it was a cutthroat business. Who would grow the best vegetables, the longest carrots, and the roundest turnip?
0: So he had quite a unique way of of scaring he had off. had a unique way. He uh, had a ghost Anyone that of came Two near.
1: actually, but I, I don't know what happened to one. I remember one definitely, and that. Goose was vicious um, It was alright with him It was like a little puppy with him He just used to talk to it and tell her to go But if anyone who shouldn't be at that allotment Came, its wings would go up And it would come running down the allotment <laughs> path, squawking and hissing By your his shop turned and ran I was terrified of it for many years But seemingly once he spoke to it it would calm down and it would just waddle off and absolutely fine. His allotment was over near Woodhorn. Um, yeah, beside the narrow, what was the narrow path to Newbiggin, uh, along the long Newbiggin Road. No, not Newbiggin Road, what do you call it? Woodhorn Road. And then right at the end, these are the days long before the hospital was there and things oh, like right. that. All right, I was
0: trying to picture... So you don't mean the allotments that are there now? Yes. yes. Oh, those ones. are. Oh, they right. went
1: right over. They went across the road and oh, things like okay. that. There were huge, hundreds of allotments, oh, hundreds. Oh. It was quite a good walk. I mean, I know I was little. It was quite a good walk to get to my granddad's allotment. Hmm. Um, and like I say, you had fresh goat's milk. I remember being given goat's milk in a bucket to drink which I had forgotten about till mm. they started talking about it and this loving ghosts that was like wicked <laughs> <coughs> sorry um, but yeah I mean all the veg was freshly grown and um, yeah it was very happy times everybody had an allotment I think it was also a way of getting out the house
0: yeah
1: you know getting a break from the women and the children and whatever especially I was gonna say once they retired from the pit, but in those days they worked down the pit till they were seventy, seventy five, some of them. You know, they literally came out of the quarry and then didn't last very long. Um, but it was it was a green low, I would say, and provided food. That's how they basically started.
0: Thank you very much. I'll let you go back inside now where it's slightly warmer. <laughs> it's what you can't warm. see is that my mum's sat here with like a throw over her shoulder and a scarf trying to keep warm because it's. we're recording this at tw- 20 past 7 on a Thursday and the sun's just dipped down, um, so the temperature has dropped really quickly. Yeah, even though well, it's we have had <laughs> There we go. All right, thank you very much, ma'am. You're
1: very welcome, my dear.
0: with me here i'm gonna do something i do not normally do i am gonna cold call someone here i'm gonna dial in to my brother because i want his input on this my dad touched on it in his interview there about what it was like to get my brother down onto the allotment so i'm gonna let him tell us hopefully uh, if he picks up what he remembers about going down to the allotment when we were kids hello (laughs) I was uh, doing an interview with dad in the garden and he was about to say what your um, favourite thing um, at the allotment was and then we decided actually I'm just going to ask you what you remember being your favourite thing of going down to the allotment to do Fair enough so, tell me, what did you used to like doing down at the allotment,
3: Greg? <laughs> um, well, in all honesty, the best thing about the allotment was having great big fires. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, having a good fire. Um, Grandad getting told off every single time because he couldn't start a fire, so he would just pour petrol on it and throw a match in. Um... Oh, dear, I'd, forgo-
0: I'd forgotten that, actually.
3: <laughs> yeah, ma'am ma- ma- telling him off every time. Um, and he would just go, well, it's damp throw a on it and then throw a match on it (laughs) um but yeah to me that that was always the best one Or the time that we uh we grew corn as well i think dad grew a lot. i think it was corn um and it was absolutely huge um i think we've got a photo of it actually somewhere of you and me like is it it, i'm sure it was corn in like middle of this and it was like higher than me
0: yeah, I think you're right.
3: I'd forgotten about that, actually. Yeah. Um, that was, that was, uh, that that's a memory I've always got. But that was the second allotment patch. That one, that was the one that was attached to the back of Grandes. Um,
0: yes, that was. Or,
3: sec- I don't know if you remember as well, when we had the first allotment patch, I used to love, you know, that huge um, allot- uh, shed that Dad built. That was, we could never move because it was, it's probably still standing there. Okay. Um, crawling along the back of that, down the side of it and getting into like an old hut um that was locked away and it was barriered off. And <laughs> in all honesty, I'm pretty sure we found gelignite or something in there. Right? <laughs> um, I, remember, I remember looking at it thinking, ah, oh, this isn't right. And it was in a metal tin box labelled explosive. <laughs> um, but it wasn't owned by anyone. It was literally like fenced off when the school put that big trellis fencing up. Um so I, yeah, they're 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 my favorite memories probably of the allotment, I would say. Um yeah, they'd oh, be yeah, nice. right. <laughs>
0: Uh, That's all I wanted, thank you. I just thought that was better in your words than in Dad's, so thank you very much. No bother at all. All right, take care, bro. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That was absolutely brilliant. I knew he'd remember that. Honestly, you just had to say you were going to have a fire, and that's what we would do to get him down the allotment. It would be, well, we're going to go down the allotment this weekend, boys. Oh, I don't want to go. We're going to have a fire. I'll be there. I've got my shoes on. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Just little arsonist. Uh, Which is ironic, because he now works for the fire service. Allotments are great. (laughs) You know, from the health benefits of, of just being outside and doing manual work at your own pace, to the health benefits from eating foods that you've freshly grown with zero artificial additions. I mean, to the sense of accomplishment, you know, that comes from digging up a crop of potatoes for your dinner that you've been watching grow and tending to for weeks. I mean, you can hear in my dad the enthusiasm he has for his allotment, and my mum's fondness for her memories of her father and my granddad and, and her grandfather's allotment antics. I have been very very lucky in my life actually and maybe did not appreciate how lucky I was to sit down for so many dinners and eat food that we could say that was in the ground an hour ago my dad usually says that you know that's come out the garden so those the peas have come out the garden the potatoes you know well just absolutely wonderful And, and 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 I take it a bit too much for granted I think I do well We're not done with allotments, by the way. Um, When I suggested this topic to our regular voices, um, they were all quick to point out that they all had memories from allotments from various times in their lives. Uh, So over the next few episodes, we'll have some fun allotment-based memories from Neil and Eleanor, and Jacqueline's got some stories for us as well. Now, I would really, really like to talk to some current, some new and long-time allotmentiers. That's what I'm calling. Yeah, I hope that is the right term. Um, so, if you've got a story that you would like to share, then I can include them in the upcoming episodes. There's a couple of ways. Uh, well, there's a few ways that you can get in touch with me. So, I'm just going to go those through. Uh, go through those even with you. First of all. If there's something in this episode that you've heard that you want to, you know, leave a comment or a reply to, um, visit anchor.fm forward slash voices from the Northeast. You know, that's the name of the show and press the message button that you'll see on that web page. And if you're doing that from your phone, you can leave up to a minute long message and it'll automatically pop up on my inbox and I can include it and have your voice in the next show. And that would mean a lot to me, it would be great. Now, if you've got a story from down on your own allotment or your parents or grandparents allotments that you would like to share, well, again, you can record it on your phone as a a voice message and then you could email it to me and we've got an email address for the show now it's podcast northeast at gmail.com so podcast northeast all one word at gmail.com you can send that to me in an email it'd be brilliant to include something like that so that could be as long as you want it to be and you can use the same email address just to get in touch with me and you know say that you'd like to talk about it with me and we'll set up an interview over the internet and I can interview you for the show or if you've got an idea for something you'd like me to talk about you know if you if you've been listening to the show and you've thought oh my goodness it would be great if they talked about such and such you know like for example i had some friends tell me it would be great to do an episode about all the different cinemas that there used to be in ashton and we are definitely doing that one now On the subject uh, there of getting in touch with the show, um, you can help our family, that is the show, grow. Um, We've got, well, we're nearly at 600 listens now, which is absolutely amazing, thinking that we've only really been going a few um, months, I guess. But if you know anybody that you think would be interested in the show, please, you know, tell them where to find us. Anchor.fm forward slash voices from the northeast. And you know, we're completely free. Um we we don't have adverts on the show, it's just people sharing their memories, and I absolutely love it. You know, the show is a, a labour of love, started as a lockdown project for me. Um and it's it's going from strength to strength, and I just want to get it to as many people as would be interested in the show as possible because from those people that, that do listen to the show. You know, I get told that it puts smiles on people's faces, it starts conversations in people's homes, and I just... It feels really good to know that we're doing something like that. Also, apparently, quite a few people laugh at Neil's jokes, which um, which really cheers him up. <laughs> um, so, you can find us at anchor.fm forward slash voices from the northeast, but if you've also got um, an iPhone or a Google phone you will have a podcast app on there. You might not know it, but it's on there. Um, And if you just open up the app and search for Voices from the Northeast, you will find us there. You can press the subscribe button. And that just means that every time I release a new episode, it'll automatically come to your phone and you'll never miss a single episode. It also means you can go back to all the other episodes and listen to them. Right. I have spoken for way longer than i like to on the podcast so i'm going to stop now i just want to say goodbye thank you to my parents for uh, their um thoughts and memories on this uh, episode and to my brother for his first entry i'm going to try and get him in again um stay safe and well everybody the lockdowns are easing we are on the long road to some kind of normality again stay safe be kind to each other and maybe plant something this week in the ground That's all, folks.